0: My story really kind of starts, maybe even finishes with gratitude. What is this going to drive? Jealousy, oneness, does it separate people? Uh, I think one of the most guiding things for me in those early years was my karate. Home life wasn't always stable. Moved around to a couple of different, I will call them churches. Some of them might have displayed some more cultish leanings. Now that I have a little bit more understanding of people, Maybe not judge them so much.
1: So, what do you think good came from the upbringing in a, the rigid environment like that? There
0: are petri dishes, and as such, you know, I think that we have a certain amount of things that we know and understand, and some things that we're still learning about. Quite a and, few, is uh, what I'm starting to see. Yeah, well, living with intention, I think, is probably the, the most mm, important thing to do. Yeah, yeah.
1: intention, that's pretty new to me that concept of I try to do that in the mornings like I sit down like all right who do I want to be today I want to be patient with my kids I want to be kind with people I don't know and that concept of intention is I don't know if that's new to western society or what but it's new to me so anyhow I digress Let let me kick it off welcome back everybody to another episode of the vibe with humanity podcast I'm here with Matt Miller he is a uh, if you're familiar with corporate world and tech he's that guy we'll say so i <laughs> uh, love hearing him talk super intelligent guy and a lot of really cool stuff to say so i think you guys will like hearing from him today too thanks for having me welcome i know a little bit of your story just bits and pieces from what i've talked about with you and how you had to kind of abruptly put yourself through college and you know you had some realizations in your teens like hey i'm not you know my environment's a little different than what i was you know so mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's that's
0: about it happy to share uh, i think uh everyone has a story right and, right and i think that my story really kind of starts and maybe even finishes with gratitude you know i think that that's probably a prevailing emotion for me hmm. uh, i was born really premature as a kid so you know you just kind of look at it up, even from that perspective in the 80s if you were born 10 weeks early Hey, you're alive, you wow. know, not no severe complications, you know, and I think that that, that alone, when you kind of understand what that is as a child, you don't really get it, but, you know, as you get older, you start to kind of understand, oh, wow, like, I'm lucky to be here, you mm-hmm. know, and and I think that that sense of gratitude, pretty much, that carries me through a lot, I think. Um, I think there's a great quote by uh, Michael J. Fox, this is later in his life, obviously, and he's Parkinson's, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but he says that... Uh, Optimism is is sustainable with gratitude, and I think mm. that's that's a really kind of good ethos that that quantifies a lot of what what I think makes me successful and, and in any way just successful with people, right? Not not even just like business or anything else. And sure. I think uh, it's got me through a lot. You know, yeah. There's, there's a lot of stuff that you grow up in, and you know, I, I've had help from many great people, kind mentors throughout my life Um, but you start to unravel what your childhood was especially when you start to become a parent you Mm -hmm. know you start to kind of figure out what positions people put themselves in for comfort and what positions people put themselves in for emotional stability and sometimes they're healthy positions sometimes they kind of pretzel themselves together and it doesn't it doesn't end up being that healthy Uh, but I think my, my, both my parents did the best they could, you know, and, you know, my, my dad was an engineer. My mom was a teacher. A lot of freedom in that realization.
1: Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. My mom was a teacher. My dad was an engineer. Didn't really come from a whole lot, but, you know, always taught you to kind of work hard and try to, try Mm -hmm. to make the best of what you have, you know, and, you know, my, my college career, I was homeschooled most of my life. So, you know, don't have a lot of that social stigma i guess that comes from high school but hmm. uh
1: i don't think i don't know if you missed much man high, know, well, high school was rough for me that's and me. a lot of I, others
0: i i i don't point it as something that i've missed but i definitely hmm. think that uh it gives me a little bit of a different perspective than a lot of folks and and that are kind of in and around me um, i can't really quite put my finger on what it is but I'm i'm grateful for it you know, I still had outlets. Uh, I think one of the most guiding things for me in those early years was my karate. You know, you have a pretty strict sense of discipline, a strict, a strict sense of physicality. Um, I was I'm a big kid, right? So I trained with the adults. I didn't train with kids. Hmm. And uh, that really kind of that teaches you a, a significant amount of respect. And I think that's, that's the other kind of driver for me, you know, the gratitude and kind of a certain amount of respect. Uh, for your environment and people that are around you, those were driven pretty hard into my personality. I think at, a, at an early age, I started at seven, and I s- kind of stopped the mm-hmm. the habitual karate stuff around eighteen. So that's very a much... lot.
1: That that makes sense. A lot of yeah. everybody I know personally that's very into any sort of martial arts. There's a certain tranquility to them, and and a calmness, and there is a respect you can just tell. And I think it it from the outside looking in i imagine if you feel like okay hey i could defend myself in any situation mentally or physically then what is the point of ever getting upset or looking for a problem and i just really yeah. like that vibe in people
0: and keeps you even
1: yeah, yeah. and yeah. i think it's cool and then you realize too so i've only done jujitsu like twice okay you know maybe yeah. three times Got enough that i get you yeah dude yeah. enough to know that i will never Fight anyone? <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Okay. okay. I yeah. didn't
1: know that. I didn't know yeah. that game. I thought, okay, well, I'm a big dude. Like, you know, I know you're, there's training and all that stuff. But what's mm-hmm. that really mean? Dude. Yeah. No. And I'm not talking around. black belts. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. someone who's done jujitsu for three months could literally kill me mm-hmm. if they were in. Hopefully they would stop. But so anyways, I, I didn't know that about you. I really respect that.
0: Well, it's it's uh, a lot of Taekwondo. I've done a, a significant amount of jujitsu, mm. uh, a little bit of Krav macaw uh that's more for disablement than Mm -hmm. lethality although using the environment whenever you using the environment and and a lot of them is it's joint takedowns right so it's wrists or it's neck or it's it's uh you know redirection of force knees that kind of stuff Hmm. those are the pressure points that you're trying to hit but it's more about disablement than it is you know trying to end somebody right um but I, i i really feel like that it does give you a certain amount of confidence, uh, but the respect has been the thing, the thing that I think is driven home first. If it's taught correctly, you know you, you, you're taught that you know as you turn your body into what is essentially a weapon, yeah. you know you you gotta you have to be able to operate that with responsibility, and and I think that the ethos of respect and, and to a certain extent I think empathy, you know, you, you, it requires that too, but um, yeah, it's just been very core for me. Uh, I think that that probably preserved a lot of, of what I would view as the positivity through, through my childhood into my, into who I am right now, just because that was something that was stable that I could always look to. Hmm. Whereas, you know, home life wasn't always stable. It was, it was, you know, that my parents did their best, but you know, we, we moved around to a, a couple of different, I will call them, I will call them churches, um, but I think that some of them might have displayed some more cultish um, leanings. Hmm. And, and you, know, that's, that's, you know, they're good people. Uh, most of them are well-intentioned. But when you view kind of the layering that, that occurred um, and a certain amount of fear that transparency would reveal more. I think that's the best way I could describe it. Um, that was that was prevalent in a couple of them, and, and you know, again, nothing against anyone that chooses to believe things. Uh, I I personally think that if you have beliefs that that are strong and, and that make you a better person, great. You know, I think that those those are wonderful things. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's also possible to be susceptible to, manip- to manipulation. So you know i I you know I look at my my childhood and I look at uh some of the instability and I think that might have been due to to those 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 aspects mm. but uh you know I' got a good relationship with both of my parents now still I'm very happy for that but uh you know they they don't have a good relationship with each other, so mm. you know just try to navigate that with a kid coming it's gonna be interesting but you know it's 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 important to have a mainstay and have something that, that I can look back to and say, you know, this was positive. But I think karate is definitely, right. definitely that. That's mm. really cool. I mean, you, you mentioned college. I think, you know, I, I started my college at a community college. I was 15. I kind of started that whole journey. and, and that Early. Yeah. Well, I mean, when your mom's a teacher, you're kind of given opportunities to pass tests and, and you know, take classes that make it so that you're able to jump and, and move ahead. So if you can pass them, well, I yeah, it's important to pass them. But uh, I think that the, the variety that I've needed to kind of garner in terms of education to, to, do, my, to, to do my job um, is really from being able to start early. You know, I had a lot of foundation in engineering, had a lot of foundation in kind of building tech with engineering, uh, a lot of CAD work. A lot of SolidWorks work. Um, I actually tutored both of those when I was in college. So kind of you know understanding the technical bones of what makes a lot of the engineering work, um, and then transferring from that to computer science and then the economics when I graduated hmm. really kind of gave me a pretty good rounding of skill set. Um, and I think that that was something that I didn't know I was getting when I was there because you know you. you in college you don't necessarily know what you want to do right Mm -hmm. but you know having that solid background in computers i have you know i still remember when i was 10 my my parents gave me a book this is what a computer is this is all the parts of it you know and this is how it works this is all the hardware right and this is how you write a program and kind of having that foundation and then kind of saying okay well let's be useful with it right That, that was really what drove me when i was about 16 to start that tutoring and kind of you know move on from there but it, it is very much a, a fun thing to be able to design something in a digital space you know i think that in another uh career path i would have been a, a digital artist of some kind you know mm. maybe an animator i don't know
1: hey hop on fiverr do nah. it as a side gig right? maybe maybe <laughs> I,
0: uh, parenting is my is my main gig right now yeah so. that's that's gonna yeah that's gonna yeah, be we'll see we'll see how much time to. i have
1: are you okay if i ask a couple questions about the church sure thing? Yeah, remember time. we can edit anything out if yeah um so when you say cultish was that like while you were in the church and it's probably sensitive to talk about and you were very clear that it doesn't reflect on the people but yeah what do you mean by that like the the cult aspect of it so um i think it really comes down to interpretation uh and these were like a were these just standard
0: churches or is this a particular i'll give you i'll give you an example example. so one of the churches Built a custom doctrine that it chose to believe, right? And based from based certain... off of the truth that they that they discerned it in the Bible, okay, from the yeah, Bible, from okay. the Bible. And um, we can get into other texts and 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 the reality of spirituality and and kind of how that ties to um, maybe some of the actual truth. Uh, if you want to, but I think, you know, this, this particular church was very much just the Bible was it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they had you sign a document that was their opinion and their interpretation of what that book is. And in my view, at, and granted I'm not an expert, but in my view it is a book of allegory and it is a book of symbology. And I think that that is very much intentionally left open to interpretation, so the fact that we're signing a document that we all agree on an interpretation of an allegory is um, it seems to me to be uh, odd and 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 not exploratory towards the the goal of what I think religion is, which is to discover uh, your your truth and and what makes yourself whole um, and, and you know I'm not. There's other things that are less pretty that I could mention that I'm not gonna. But I think that it's it's about conditioning in a lot of ways. Conditioning someone to think that this is the only way, right? And this is the this is the only way that can be only um, way to what like salvation? Nirvana. nirvana. We'll call it nirvana. Okay. Yeah, but I think salvation is the word they use. But nirvana is really kind of where I where I look at that. You know, it's the only way to to become at peace. You know. Um, it is definitely a way. I think that uh, the Christian religion is, is not when when exercised in a way that you are open to others' opinions, it can be a very positive experience. And it can be a way for some people to find peace. But I think that it can be as dangerous as, as many other religions when you say this is the only way, right? So... Um, you know the, the signing of the documents and, and and the the general approach towards anyone that disagrees with them was very much a cold outlook, and 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 that's that kind of in my experience goes against Christianity. Hmm. You know, Christianity is supposed to be a, a religion of love. You know, Jesus was about love. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think that there are some churches that reflect that well, and I but you know. The other churches, maybe not so much. So,
1: so they give guidelines of how to interpret the Bible and you have to sign on them. And does that come with like how to live as well? Like, oh, yeah. you can, it, that, yeah. really? How to live. Okay. So, they, they gave you, wow. Yeah. So, full on that type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And, you know, that, that was one of the points I think that um, portions of my family, myself included, um eventually you kind of wake up to it and you go wait a minute this isn't what the book says this is what a person is saying and it's not necessarily again it there's there's good people there i, I know what uh, you're saying absolutely but i think that there's a point at which you kind of say no this is me being controlled
1: yeah if a group of people are interpreting this book in one way that you have to sign off on. And if you think outside the box of what they told you, you're in trouble. I don't know. if I think a lot of people would think that's unhealthy. So yeah. how old were you when you realized you mentioned when you get older, you had a realization?
0: Oh, and... that was college. When I hit college at 15, it just very much abruptly just kind of,
1: And do you think that's because you got to go in and interact with other people?
0: I think that's definitely one of the reasons you, when, when you're in a college environment, it's different than karate. Karate is very structured. You know, there's, there's uh, ways to excel in that. But when you're in college, there's people from all walks of life. And I think the, the ethos I took was very much trying not to judge people because I, you know, I've been judged most of my life, you know, just because, you know, you're, you're not, you don't fit the mold exactly, or, you know, you're not, you know, prom king, as it were, you mm-hmm. don't always get the, the the passing grade, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to try to understand as much I can about people, and also, when you're a 15-year-old, there's a bunch of 22-year-olds and 21-year-olds in the class That's that you tend, to, tend to be the, the the kid of the group, they, they protect you, so... Mm. Um, I had a. a, I like that. I yeah, I was lucky, honestly. Um, That's really cool. Just kind of had an opportunity to learn. Um, Had some great professors. Uh, My my, both my economics and my engineering side. Just I had probably three or four professors that just. Man, they were rough, but but they were really good for me. You know, teach you some discipline. Teach Mm. you. You know, I worked for one of them when I was tutoring, and it's just they teach you. A little bit about the world, and a little bit about their ethos and what makes them tick, and I'm sure that there was plenty of autism in the room. But you know, I think with engineering circles, that really uh, that's fairly normal. Yeah,
1: autism could be like a life hack. Oh, just I mean, a touch of it. I mean, it's definitely like a
0: superpower <laughs> if people can deal with it. Man, mm-hmm. you are you can be a lot more effective, and especially in our kind of modern society and the way we've structured ourselves. But no, college was, was overall, I think, a very formative experience for me, especially socially, just because you kind of get out of that box. I, and I could have gone off the deep end, but I, I got picked up by a, a ragtag gang of friends. Uh, probably about 12 of us that still talk.
1: Were they also from church groups? No,
0: no, most of mm. them weren't actually. So they you were... went from just
1: predominantly hanging out with church groups of the church groups of karate
0: which was definitely not church right right yeah but you still have that. just normal 22 year olds Mm -hmm. yeah wow
1: you're lucky you turned out all right that's a recipe for all kinds of shenanigans
0: as i've mentioned you know i've been very fortunate with the friends i've I've made and we are we're weird i think is probably the best way to to describe it in the modern sense that's fast at least we're a weird bunch but i think that we've all done probably half of us have ended and actually ended up doing really interesting things. Like one of them is uh, had a head of security, like the, the internet side of things for Cal state prisons. Hmm. Another one does uh, he works for the U S military and that's about all I can say. Right. And then uh, a couple other ones have ended up in uh, high level positions around California, uh, the database side of the state. So understanding kind of how technology operates in the government and how power infrastructure operates in the government. And then obviously myself, I, you know, I'm know, i in tech, but uh, you know, working in renewables and, and kind of building out that renewable infrastructure is something that I've been attempting to be involved in most of my career. And currently that's what I'm doing as well. So Good. Yeah. You know, we, we keep in touch, but I, I think that the ties that bind were very much about being a genuine person. I was
1: going to say, back to what you were talking about with intention, you strike me as someone who's always kind of had well intentions. So if you go out with those intentions in the world, you're going to attract other people that are kind of like-minded and trying to do the same thing. So it makes sense that you would go out and find people that are going to do what you're trying
0: to do, just be a good person. Well, you, you assume decency, and the world is not a decent place. The world is not a kind place. But I think that a lot of times, if you assume that, and you give someone the opportunity, and I've heard someone describe this as white mailing as opposed to blackmailing somebody, give give any person the opportunity to do the right thing or to be a better version of themselves, they'll take it, right? And and I, I don't like those terms, uh, black and white, because it's just, you know, kind of a racial thing for me. But uh, I... I can understand the ability of giving someone an opportunity to have a fresh start, you know, and I think that if you are engaged with someone, anyone that you meet, and you're talking with them, and you give them that opportunity, and you see them take it, everyone in the room is better off for it. You're better off for it because you get a better version of them. They're better off for it because they realize the potential of what they can be. Yeah. and I think it's and a, then the rest are inspired.
1: Wow, I could very do that healthy, too. Yeah, it's a very change.
0: healthy social exercise. Yeah. But you know, I, I've been—I wouldn't say doing that intentionally, but I just kind of do that because I think that's what you should do, right? You know, you should give someone the benefit of the doubt. I think the the giving someone a pass. Um, and, and knowing when to, when to have some discernment and not give them a pass is a point of maturity. But, um, I think that that only comes after, you know, you have to consider your own mental health and your own, you know, how, how an individual is impacting you over a prolonged period. That's nothing to do with the first time or the second or third time you meet them, mm-hmm. you know? So I personally find that people bring the most interest, interesting, sides of themselves to that table and honestly they 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 bring better versions of themselves than maybe even they realized hmm. so you know i've been in some crazy sides of the world where you know you're just like oh well you know we all just came from corporate essentially hellscape and you know let's let's make a better company you know mm-hmm. And that was literally one of the jobs i had was forming a company up in portland
1: so good group of people you met in college oh yeah what was the going back to a little bit of the realization was there one thing where you're like whoa these people are living differently than me or was it hey they view this philosophy or this life experience different like i was told to think about it this way but what they're saying is more logical was there a moment like that where you were like hey i don't know if i agree with what i've been taught anymore
0: you know there's a certain amount of social you do things with the herd because you want to be a part of the herd you know uh I, I don't know how much of that was was there with me with my my own personal ethos I think that you know there's a lot of core Christianity in terms of values that I still hold close I think that you know treating people with respect and treating them as you would be treated and you know being a, a peaceful warrior is is very much still a part of what I would view as my my as me right so I think a lot of the values are still there I think, uh, Ultimately, I don't think I really had a moment where I felt like I was being pulled out of um, pulled out of a, a certain sphere or pulled out of a, 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 a certain knowledge group. Mm-hmm. I think it was more just an expansion. You know, you're saying, you know, I have this ethos and I have this, this, you know, these values, but now that I have a little bit more understanding of people maybe not judge them so much you know maybe ask questions first maybe help other people before i ask something from them you know and i think, I think ultimately when it comes to knowledge um, i really started to kind of zoom out a lot when i uh, i saw some stuff where you, you you go to places and you see rocks that are older than the bible and, mm. you know oh, okay, so it's all an allegory. All yeah. right, that's great. I can, <laughs> I, can, I can work with this, right? And, and then you start understanding how history is written. And then I think that kind of comes naturally with college. Um, but, but seeing those types of things really put a marker in my head of, okay, you were taught one thing and now you need to learn a lot more. Not just reject. There was no. I don't think there was really any rejection. It was just more yes and. Okay. If that makes sense. That does
1: make sense. Yeah. We are back. Technical difficulties from a leaf blower out front. That's right yeah. So we were talking about um, you going to college and realizing, hey, I was taught one way yeah. all growing up, and now I see another. I don't need to completely ditch everything I learned, but let's also learn this and see if we can assimilate the two. Yeah. And that. Was how college started for you?
0: Yeah, I think that that was very much, you know, an understanding that you're, you're a kid growing up in the in the world, and it's like you know you you try to hold close some of the values, and and definitely hold the respect and hold the the gratitude. Um, those are the two things that really, again, you know, kind of drove me forward. I think, but yeah, you know, I was I was brought into a group of people that includes my my wife that. You know I was I was able to form good friendships with and you know it's just you're lucky that you're able to do that and none of them I think were very particularly religious but I think all of them had a, a certain sense of um, maybe that sense of respect I think is really where, where it comes from we all had different upbringings you know some of us grew up in the mountains most grew up in the city you know, some of us grew up on a lot of acres, some of us grew up in, you know, apartments. So, you know, all kinds of walks of life, all kinds of different people. You know, I think that the the ability to be yourself and be accepted in that group was pretty cornerstone to, to me being all, not only accepted, but, you know, being okay with having had the, the childhood in the past I had and then yeah. you know building on that not just trying to throw out the whole thing and say you know hey I'm going to remake myself into this new thing because that can be that can be kind of dangerous when yeah. you think about it because if, if you do that then you're susceptible to someone else's interpretation of who you should be exactly yeah, yeah. so I, I'm very very fortunate being able to, to to land with that group of people and I, I feel like in some aspects you make your own family you know uh you, you choose who you, you want to be your family and who who you want to be around and I'd, I'd classify probably that that core group of 10 12 people definitely as family hmm. and and you know it's not it's more than close friends it's you know you're there to make sure you're there when mom dies you're there when you know they, their dog dies you're there when whenever hey man like this girl broke up with me. Yeah. Hang on, I'll be there in ten minutes. You know, like that kind of thing. That's family. Yeah, and for it's sure. it's it's very. Um, sometimes you're just sitting in a room and you don't have to say anything. You know, it's just being with each other. I think there's 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 an importance to, to communing with each other in that way. I think the last outing I had with these guys, I w- I went and went to, I went shooting for, uh, some quail. And uh literally, just you know, my buddy who's in the army, he's a really good shot. So he, he went and hunted some quail for us. And we we're just walking around with him talking. He's got his gun ready, shoots two quail, and we we cook them over an open fire. And you know, that was that was you know just hanging out. You know, we didn't mm-hmm. really have to do anything productive, but you know, I just felt like that was that's the type of friendship we have, where you know, just. Hey, you know, it doesn't have to be an event, but I'm going to be out here in this acreage, you know, and he's he he likes to farm. So mm-hmm. the, the reality is is he has a a friend with a some serious acreage that he rents out a portion of to do his farming on. So, um, he does that as his hobby, but mm. we were out there and it's just, you know, it's just guys around a fire, cooking meat, you know, talking to each other, talking like about it. Not necessarily, you know, current events or anything else, but just you know, talking about life. Hmm.
1: So what do you think good came from the the upbringing in the, the rigid environment like that?
0: Well, I think the rigidity, I think, is uh, it does protect you from a certain amount of, we'll call them physical snares. I think, you know, there's Things that you can fall into when you're a little bit more naive uh, that are really dangerous when you're young, you mm. know, not all of them are drugs, but most of them are drugs, you know, <laughs> and uh, I think that I was protected from that from probably about t- t- 22 and yes, you know, 22, you can probably do whatever you want, but stay away from the strong stuff would be my, my personal advice. But, you know, I think skip, that, that that's... Skip
1: the pills and the powders. And yeah. The, you know, the yeah, stick of plants. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Try to skip the booze if you can. Yeah. A lot of problems there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Alcohol is America's favorite poison, so. Mm. But uh, in general, I think, uh, you know, it protected me from a lot of that kind of stuff. And I think it also kind of protected me from being convinced uh, of someone else's truth. Because I think if you, oh. if you go through that uh, experience mm. where, you've, where you kind of sink your teeth into someone else's truth and worldview and you run with it, and that, that becomes your identity, and, you know, fool me once, shame on me, yeah. or shame on you, rather, fool me twice, shame on me. It's kind of like, a, that's the, a lot of the perspective I have towards, you know, a lot of viewpoints. And I think it, it has balanced me a little bit more having gone through that. But uh, it also, I think, it helps me understand people that have a perspective that might have been formed by someone else.
1: That's a huge so. uh, thing to realize. Well, there's a lot of people's opinion that have been put into them by something or someone else, and they don't realize it. And I think there's safety in that too. I kind of shared with you. I went through. I went through a two-year um, reform program that had characteristics of a cult, mm-hmm. and identities were removed. A certain language was removed. You were given things you could think and talk about and how, what to do with your time. And there's a there was a lot of peace in it. Like I don't know if you find that. Do you ever miss parts of like not having to think about anything outside of what they tell you to think about? Because I know I do. And I know since then I've been more susceptible to, uh, I don't want to say the word cult, but I have been more susceptible towards um, being influenced by groups of people that have formed their own culture that's generally led by one or a small group of people i just am drawn to that because i'm like oh i know this environment that's right okay it's comfortable can you think for me you know and so i'm aware of it but do you see anything like that in your life after what you've been through
0: um i don't think as much uh i think the, the the reasoning behind it for me is that when you're at work as an example right like you you either there's a a choice of either to drink the kool-aid or not drink the kool-aid if you know what i mean yep. right and i mm-hmm. think uh i've always been somebody that'll little sample the kool-aid um and just make sure that it's not you know poison but i, I think not really a kool-aid drinker mm-hmm. um and i think that the reasoning behind you know my not being drawn to that is is that want I, I kind of want to be stressed out about the whole picture I kind of want to know the whole thing I kind of want to be at you know 10,000 feet and two feet at the same time I think it's
1: make your own decisions
0: well yeah and it's it is it is more stressful and it's not for everybody but I I kind of think that that's that's a challenge that I enjoy um it does mean you end up working a little bit more honestly because you have to you know spend time getting from two feet to 10,000 feet Mm -hmm. and any kind of problem, right? So uh, I, I don't think I've encountered a group of people that have been able to give me the kind of answers that I'm looking for that I can't, that I haven't found on my own, if that makes sense.
1: How do you come up with your own answer? So when you're exposed to a new, totally digressing here. Sure, no, it's when, fine. When you're exposed to a, a new concept in life or you come across a new teaching or someone else's truth or something that really makes you think, gosh, I'm interested in that, mm-hmm. what process do you go through to determine if that's something that you are interested in and then if that's something that's safe and healthy for you?
0: you got to kind of distill it first, right? You know, you like to, what is it? Yeah, Find you have out to understand means. that at a, at a very visceral emotional level like what is this going to drive you know does it drive gratitude does it drive respect does it drive jealousy does it drive anger does it drive oneness does it separate people like those are the things you kind of have to ask yourself when i when you're looking at something and asking if it's healthy um when i look at people that are incredibly talented in the arts as an example they're focused solely on what they're doing in their art and i can't do that you know so i think that there are spaces for people that choose to be in a communal belief system or in a way that um they want to divert all of their attention towards the art so they don't have to focus on the other things mm-hmm. so i again you know i'm not saying that my perspective is for everyone but i think that yeah ultimately um when i when i get something that's new it's it's on an intake perspective and i try to look at is it healthy for my mind is it healthy for my body is it can is it something that i can add to my routine is it something that maybe makes my routine too busy mm-hmm. you know um and you can argue church might make my routine a little bit too busy um i i don't I'm not a, you know, no judgment on people that choose to, to do that type of stuff, but it's yeah. it's not really my um, chosen outlet. Yeah. I could but, see how, I mean, yeah. you'd
1: be a little not as open to that as, there's a lot of value in it. One of my, almost like a little brother to me, passed away recently, um, and, um, sorry, his, yeah, you know, thanks, yeah, it's, I, his dad is um, religious, and. I ran into his dad and he just, I would be a wreck, you know, and he was full of light and he was greeting people. And this was in a church. We went yeah. to like a little church event and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that is the, that's the benefit of yeah. that type of life. That's incredible. This guy goes through the worst tragedy you can as a, you know, losing an offspring. And he went firm into his faith and religion and tried to find the good in it within like two weeks. That's that's really cool that people have access to that.
0: It is grief, and, and as a whole, I think grief as an emotion destroys. It is it is one of the hardest things that I think human beings have to deal with is that when you lose somebody, the support structure that you have, and I and I say this having not had a church for a good part of my life and and having had. Friends to deal with significant grief and losing a parent, losing siblings, and you need to give a part of yourself to that person to prevent them from being destroyed or from prevent the grief from destroying them. Really, and it's something that you have to do with intention. And, and if I did not have the friend group that I have. And 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 have the people that I've surrounded myself with, or that I've attracted, which you inferred earlier. You know, a lot of times you get what you put out. Mm-hmm. But um, if I didn't have that, I, I think that you know, church would be a lot more attractive to me. Hmm. But I, I've been very fortunate, very and very grateful for for kind of the group that I've I've found and, and built around myself. So that's awesome. And it's yes. not. It's not me it's just you're a part of a group you know you're part of a a pack as it were you know i think that people are intended to work together and um you know the the acceptance of everyone and we have people all over the spectrum and, and the general consensus is that you know hey live your life find your peace you know and but do no harm
1: Yes. And don't force other people to live your life. Either. Yes. 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 <laughs> Regardless of w- what that is, a church, that community, um, whether you like working out martial arts, you mm-hmm. know, you can't say martial arts is for everybody. Although that's that's possibly a good argument. That's, that's, that might be the wrong example because that would benefit a lot of people in a lot of ways.
0: I think working out, sweating every day is for everybody. Finding that's a, a way to sweat. And it's not like, a, oh, you have to work out every day. It's just, hey, man did you get your heart rate up this morning, mm. you know, or wherever you choose. It could be in the evening if you're not a morning person. But personally, getting your heart rate up, that's a huge thing. Gets you started in your day, you know. So that's definitely like a habit thing that I think is important.
1: I think so too. What are yeah. you uh, What are you most excited about with parenting?
0: I'm looking forward to having a little idiot that I can run around with and be a little idiot with. Um. I think Second that, childhood. Yeah, it was, well, it's it's teaching them some of the things that I've learned that took me a lot longer to learn than I should have, you know, and, and it's because just, just no one tells you these things sometimes, you know, and, and you never really try to say the quiet part out loud or anything, but it's just like, hey, you know, guide someone and, and give them the best shot at, at being happy, you know. I think that that as a maneuver is an incredibly healing thing to do. So, you know, that's, that's part of the, you know, joy, I think, of parenting that I'm really looking forward to is just being able to let someone discover and, and teach them the things that I've learned and learn with them. You right. know, we, we're in a space right now where we have most of the libraries of the world in our, in the palm of our hand, you know, and I think that's an incredibly privileged and powerful place to be. Right on, man.
1: Well, I appreciate you sharing. That's, yeah. That's uh... It's gonna be good for a lot of people to hear people. People like listening to people talk.
0: Well, I think the my perspective really has come from trying to understand not just my own upbringing, but someone else's upbringing in China, someone else's upbringing in Africa, someone else's upbringing in you know South America. What does that look like? And We've all had to go through parts where you kind of shed the, shed your skin as it were a little bit um, to use a reptilian analogy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that ultimately, the internet provides a great place for people to share. And, and that's one of the things when I, re- I remember when this stuff was first coming out, you know, you, I'm sure you do too. and it's just like, this is the new frontier. This is gonna be this is going to change the way people, people work. It's going to change the way people operate with one another and I think that the ability to express yourself the true forms of yourself online is really healthy but it also uh, is very dangerous because if you have different versions and I think that social media and a lot of the other marketing tools like Twitter kind of have that um, have that effect on people as they have this persona in their head of who they are online, mm-hmm. and then this persona who they are in person, which is just, oh no, I don't talk to anybody, right? <laughs> yes. So we're yes. as a society, I think we're starting to deal with that. But um, yeah, I, I noticed, digress. Like, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you.
1: That's a whole different topic. That I remember in my early 20s, that blowing me away when, like, you know, you meet someone, you text them or whatever, you exchange numbers, and then you feel like you're getting to know this person like hey let's get some coffee or whatever and they're a completely different person they're not laughing the same they're not interacting the same they're much more reserved and i'm like well who was i texting then you know and that was the start for me of seeing this dual uh personality or something where someone's one way online and then a completely different way in person some people can be very boisterous and uh, assertive and flamboyant online and then in person they're they're very timid and you know so could be healthy to have that outlet. I don't know, but I think it also removes a per, the it removes the personal impact of your what you're saying to people as well, which can be a problem if you're yeah. just typing words to someone that can be hurtful. That's uh, going to be a lot easier to do than if you're like saying it right to them.
0: Yeah, I think that there's a significant amount of healing as a society um, that we'll need to. I don't know the mechanism at this point, but there's a significant amount of healing that needs to happen if you just look at, I call them keyboard warriors, you know, people Mm -hmm. that get into debates online and they just say things that I would never say to someone's face. Yeah, exactly. I think that all my work in tech, I've I've really just kind of come up with this basic rule. No text is safe. Always assume that you would say that to them in person. And that's the way you behave, you know, online, offline, doesn't matter be yourself mm. and i think that ultimately like you're, you're working with people that are from you know you're working swing shift to the japan handover you're working uh east coast hours the next day and it's just you know are working with south america and then working with india that was an average day for mm-hmm. me and it's just like okay well how do i switch culture gears right you know and you can't you don't have an opportunity to, to be an online person, if you know what I mean. You just mm-hmm. have to be you because mm-hmm. you have to keep up with all the culture change. And ultimately, like, if you have a stance that is strong and you can't find a way to articulate it to someone's face, you're not useful. Or at mm-hmm. least that, that opinion isn't useful. And, and I find a lot of people just thinking about their headspace it's all on social media yeah it's not it's not in the real it's in some company's database imaginary land somewhere and i think that can be very crippling yeah so well i think we'll figure it out as a society uh i know that the the chinese government has tried to put harder restrictions on you know younger people accessing these types of things and i think that Putting a time limit on it might be kind of good, mm. but uh, there's there's plenty of developmental studies that show TV's bad for well sorry excessive amounts of TV is bad for kids mm-hmm. and you know, I think that we can all agree probably excessive amounts of passive information um, is not good mm-hmm. if it's if it's active learning or it's interaction probably a little bit better but if it's passive yeah you know people say violent video games no it's actually probably probably more like violent movies because it's the passive it's not mm. the active mm. um but yeah i, I don't want to you know i have opinions on that but yeah it's, no, it's, it's all good the the being passive and, and absorbing and and not interacting is is um there's danger there especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the developing mind i've i thinking about my own kid right now and and screen time and how that's going to work you know so yeah we'll see how that operates but she's going to need to learn how to use a tablet sometimes yeah you know so that's the the new medium so
1: well i'm excited for you yeah and again thanks for coming on it's my pleasure this was fun thanks